Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers Podcast, a weekly show to help you navigate the ups and downs in your squiggly career and share lots of practical ideas for action to leave you with a little bit more confidence, clarity and control. And today we are going to be talking about how to redefine your relationship with work. Or perhaps if you feel like you never really got started with a definition, it's just more actively defining it in the first place. And we've been prompted to cover this by quite a lot of stuff in the news a bit of noise perhaps on this topic of quiet quitting i don't know if any of you have seen it but it has originated on tiktok and i've seen it in multiple newsletters it's been all over my linkedin and i've read about it in the guardian the metro refinery 29 the list goes on so quite a lot of noise about it so we thought we'd start with what is this quiet quitting thing all about and then really how does it connect into a potential need to redefine or define your relationship with work Okay, so when Sarah first sent me the article on quiet quitting, <laughs> I thought it meant like, see you later. I'm like leaving this job. I thought it meant like, you know, rather than just like formally handing your notice in, I thought oh, it meant okay. like actually quitting. And I was like, oh, is that a bit irresponsible? This is a funny trend. <laughs> You're just like leaving. But it doesn't actually mean like outright quitting your job. It's really about quitting the idea of going above and beyond the day job. So all that like extra work that you do in the evening when you're checking emails, you know, you take things home, you're still thinking about work, even when you probably should have, you know, you've stopped being paid to think about work. It's about really the idea of quietly quitting doing that stuff any longer. No longer like being like, oh, I've got to hustle constantly to get ahead. It's like my day is done, my work day is done and therefore, you know, my work is done. And it might look like, you know, in a practical term, saying no to projects that you think aren't part of your job description or that you think, do you know what? I don't actually want to do that, so I'm not going to do that. It might look like sticking pretty rigidly to the hours that you are contracted to work or, you know, not answering emails outside of hours even though, you know, you might be getting them, you think, well, I'm just not going to answer that because I'm not being paid to answer that. So it could be that significant, or it could just be a bit of a mindset shift that people might not see, but you've kind of made this commitment to yourself to be less sort of mentally and emotionally invested in your job. So that's what this premise of quiet quitting is all about. Sarah, what's your take on this premise? Well, I've got very mixed emotions about this idea of quiet quitting. And in some ways, the reason that we've not just done a podcast episode on this topic is I think it's ended up being inevitably like things have to be when they have to be on TikTok for 10 (laughs) seconds or whatever, a bit binary and a bit black and white, because I think 
There's some good insights and some good awareness, I think, around quiet quitting, which is things like taking control of our careers and the role of work in our lives and recognizing that when your boundaries become too blurred, it's probably not good for you and it's not good for your work either. But I think when you also read about quiet quitting, there is a lot of emphasis on almost people opting out of caring about their work at all. I can't believe that is ever a good thing for individuals. So there's sort of the organizational angle of, well, I don't think organizations should be creating an environment where people want to quietly quit because it just means that you're not, I think it feels like this sense of I'm not motivated and I'm not interested or engaged in the work that I'm doing. And so my worry is going, if you sort of chose to sort of really kind of take a back seat and step away from caring about the work that you do, you are still at work for a lot of time in a week. I would have thought in terms of your mental health and your sort of motivation, that might feel okay for a week or two. But then I think quite quickly, that wouldn't feel good for you either. But do I think some of the potential actions that you might take that have been put under this umbrella of quite quitting around going, putting boundaries in place, having an active understanding of the role that you want work to play in your the rest of your world right now? There is, I think there are some good things. I think some of those good things are getting lost in this sort of sense of anti-hustle. And I, I understand that as well. I don't think people don't want to work this 24-7 culture anymore. And almost like if that expectation is there, people are figuring out or going, no, I'm I'm going to say no to that. You know, you see lots of people as well talking about you can't get people back in the office and people saying, you know, almost like individuals are saying, well, I'm opting out of the office. And even if you want me to come in, I'm not going to unless you give me a really good reason to, or unless that feels very purposeful. I think there is there are some useful things in this idea of quiet quitting I think a lot of that usefulness is getting lost along the way which is why today we wanted to really talk about this idea of your sort of psychological relationship with work as something more active something that you can take control of because we all have sort of two almost contracts with work we have the formal contracts that we sign and never read again unless (laughs) you're very different to me and then I think you have your informal contract which is this is more your psychological contract, the unwritten rules and expectations of your relationship with the work that you do. And I think one of the things that we've observed is some of those things, those unwritten rules are definitely changing with squiggly careers. So things like from an expectation that our work gives us job security to well, we want our work to be upskilling us or potentially even reskilling us to support me to be employable as an individual, whether that's in this organisation or whether that's somewhere different or in a different team. Maybe moving away from the idea of well, the work that I do gives me lots of structure and stability to, well, actually, what's really important about my relationship with work is it gives me freedom and flexibility. That, you know, in that ladder-like world, we expected regular promotions, whereas now we're looking for progression and possibilities and maybe previously all of the focus was on you know company performance and you know most of us now want more than that from our organizations and from the work that we do we want to feel a sense of meaning and purpose so the role of work in our lives and I think this has been talked about a lot has shifted quite significantly over the last 50 years and maybe one of the things that we could all do is spend a bit more time understanding our own unique relationship with work so that we're in a position where you're making a choice about that relationship rather than leaving it to chance. And I think that's the critical thing that we want to talk about today is 
almost being taking some time to think about what do I want that relationship with my work to look like? Helen and I, um, sometimes we record podcasts very quickly, but we've actually sort of done a whole pre-podcast chat on this <laughs> where we sort of tested some of the ideas for action and the reflections that we're going to talk to you about to make sure that this works and feels helpful. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do this in two parts. Part one is some relationship reflections, like where are you in your relationship with work right now? And then part two is sort of the so what, like what ideas for action, what might you go away and do differently as a result of some of these reflections? So part one is this bit around relationship reflections. When Sarah and I were talking about this, we couldn't help but kind of move towards the idea of sort of dating your job. Like if you were dating (laughs) your job or if your job was a person, like an actual kind of an actual relationship, because I think it makes it just a bit more tangible and it makes these reflections just a bit more real and not hypothetical as well. So we've got a couple of questions which we would suggest that you should think about and we have answered them too in our pre-podcast chat. So we'll share some of those insights with you. So reflection number one for you, is to think about if your work was a person how would you like to describe that relationship that you have with them so Sarah if your work was a person how would you like to describe that relationship I wrote down things like uh, always changing and improving varied like learning lots so for me there was a lot about like just learning and probably newness what I realized when I started writing my like work dating profile is straight away I could see lots of my values like popping up in that profile. I think yours read quite differently. I'm imagining these like as like like newspaper dating profiles now, like very old school, which is absolutely how no one dates anymore. But um, I talked about mine and then you were like, oh, mine are quite different. Mine are quite different. So in my work dating profile, it would start with, hi, I'm Helen, big smiley face. <laughs> and then it would say, I'm looking for challenge, fun and new experiences. I mean, I think that sounds like a great dating (laughs) partner. Anyway, what Sarah and I realised is that with my dating profile being about looking for someone who was fun, challenging and offered me new experiences and Sarah, who was looking for sort of learning variety and, and always improving, that we probably wouldn't date each other which is very interesting (laughs) because we do have a work relationship a pretty big work relationship with each other it just made us think a little bit about the idea of kind of things being perfect on paper but slightly more sort of nuanced in reality and so whilst you can write down your perfect on paper work dating profile I think you still do have to be curious you can't don't want to limit yourself because otherwise you might be in situations where you might rule out certain people or certain organizations because you're being a bit too restrictive so have this relationship in mind but I think you could still be curious about how you could achieve achieve those things I think Sarah you were saying about you know some of the organizations that you've worked for you might not have done if you'd been too limiting about what that relationship could look like Yeah, I think, you know, I worked in financial services for four years and I found my brilliant work, kind of perfect profile through that time. And that wasn't the first job that I did in Barclays. I worked for Barclays, but I did find it over time. Like I did a couple of roles there. I did a bit of squiggle and stay. And I definitely got to a point where the relationship I had with the work that I was doing was as good as it has ever been. I had a real kind of period of time where, you know, when you feel like your relationship is just like 
all of the good stuff that you kind of want from it. And of course, there's still compromise along the way. But I felt like there was kind of an equal amount of give and gain. And I was getting all of those things about learning and variety and improvement. And I think what your relationship reflections help you to do in kind of part one is understand your priorities. That's what I found useful about this is thinking about, well, in a perfect world, what are the things that I would prioritize? And for me in a relationship, like I always want to be learning and I want to feel like there's that always improving that kind of progression. I think moving forward is always important for me in a relationship with the work that I do. And so just knowing that kind of what's most important to you, then I think you can be very open and curious to your point about how like what that relationship looks like and how you achieve that from the work that you do. Because I had those things in Barclays. I also had those things some of the time in Sainsbury's. I have those things now in the job that I do where it's a very different kind of company. So I think we can get a really good relationship with our work in lots of different places and doing lots of different types of job but I still think it is helpful just to have a go it's quite a fun we had quite a lot of fun I think doing this exercise and thinking about it in this way and because I think it's quite a big question just being specific about going if your work was a person how do you want to describe that relationship I think it's a really good place to start before you then move on to the so what and I think, again, getting as specific as possible, because it's not just I want a nice job that makes me happy, because like it's the whole who doesn't want that from work. It's really what is unique about the relationship that you're looking for, because I think that can help you to just be a bit more curious about how you can find it. I do think as well, um, we didn't talk about this yesterday. This is helpful to understand across a team, because, you know, like everybody wants different things from relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, the things that are most important to you, even like you and I were saying, we have quite different things that we would prioritise and yet we love working together and are also very good friends outside of work. I think knowing this about the team that you work with and the team that you're part of would also help you with empathy and mm-hmm. collaboration because me knowing that, I think when we we did this yesterday, I think you must have said fun to me five times within about two minutes. You just want to have fun. I do feel like knowing that helps me to understand if I was... You know, if I was managing Helen, that just helps me to understand like who Helen is and what matters to her. And then when we're thinking about our relationships with work, let's say Helen's putting boundaries in place and she has a couple of things she does outside of work that for her are all about that kind of fun factor. For some other people, they might be like, oh, you know, I'm prepared to compromise on those or they're not that important. But for Helen, I would know, oh, they're really important. And I do know that. There are certain yeah, things that yeah, Helen does. That I won't move my diary. <laughs> in her month, which I would look at and I would just intuitively know, and also from talking to Helen and having these kind of conversations, they might look like nice to do's, but they're actually incredibly important for her. Whereas that exact same activity could be in my diary and it might feel much more you're able to compromise on and so I think just like actually knowing this for yourself but even like if you've got the kind of team where you could have quite a fun conversation about your like work dating profile play that blind date game that we just described I think that would help you to kind of get to know each other well and just understand how to work together and how everybody can have a positive relationship with their work it's a subtle way as well I think of talking about values it is actually yeah values are really important but they're not always the easiest conversation to have especially if people haven't haven't really come across them before it can feel like quite a deep place to start with your development so maybe this is getting to some of the insights but in a slightly more dare I say fun (laughs) (laughs) and engaging way (laughs) see I'm like I'm seeding the fun in slowly 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, so on to part two then. This is the so what. What do you do with your relationship reflections? How do you put this stuff into action? Well, this is where you are absolutely getting into redefining your relationship with work. And one of the best ways to build a better relationship is to have reciprocity in that relationship. So if I want to you know, build a better relationship with Sarah, I'm not just going to take, take, take from Sarah. I want to think about, well, what can I give to Sarah to help build that relationship? And you want to take the same approach with your relationship with work when you have a balance between what it is you want to gain from your work and then you think about well what can I give to enable it that's when the you know the the most effective and the strongest relationships will be built and so the way that we have thought about this is to take the thing that you care about so some of those ideas that will have come up in your work dating profiles when we discuss that stuff so take that stuff that you care about and think about well what could you create in order to get that thing that you care about so to bring to life a little bit with some of our examples one of the things that I obviously cared about was fun but one of the things that I can create is things to look forward to for the team and actually we have done this we have created a looking forward to list for the team which for the next six months every month has something fun the team can look forward to and that stuff's really different like it's an event in January on Blue Monday the most depressing day of the year so we've got something to look forward to that's fun then it's also some post we send the team fun post we do like squiggly self-care kits that we send the team there's some stuff we're doing on team meetings for example there's just a whole range of things that the team can look forward to and for me that gives me what I care about that gives me that sense of fun but I've also created hopefully a bit more of a sense of that for the team that they can look forward to those things too and so for me I care about variety and so what I create again thinking about our team is different ways of working 
always challenging myself to make sure there's lots of variety in how we do things, how we get things done, whether that's a team meeting agenda, whether that's how we do one-to-ones, whether that's things like trialing walk and talks for our career development catch-ups. And Helen and I were laughing as we were chatting about this beforehand. Helen was saying, well, if our team meeting agendas were sort of down to her, I mean, we'd be efficient. I've got no doubt about that. But she was like, we would sort of sit there and just sort of power through everything whereas I think when you look at those agendas and then go for a drink yeah you did, did say, say that because that's you do the fun thing you go for a drink yeah. whereas I think because I care about variety I then create lots of variety for everybody so I go okay well let's do something here where we're maybe doing something that's kind of more creative or kind of high energy or we're moving around then maybe let's do something that's more about our metrics that matter and then let's move on to some borrowed brilliance so there's all this kind of variety and interest And what's quite interesting is when you start to do this, what you care about and what you create is I think it does get you into a real giving mindset. And we know that givers gain more because all the creating is often about starting with, I think, how you can help other people. But then by helping other people, whether that's one person or your team or your organization or something outside your organization, you then help yourself. So this kind of care create, almost like thinking about those two sides of the same coin, it does feel like a real win-win exercise to do so now we thought we would move on to some of the things that we know we pretty much all care about so we think these are the equivalent back to our dating profiles of good sense of humor because who doesn't want a good sense of humor and so we were thinking what are those things that we all care about in our relationship with work so things like skills flexibility progression and purpose so no one says oh no thanks I don't want to upskill myself or I don't want flexibility like take those things away from me so we've tried to then do the what you care about therefore what would you create that kind of that reciprocity for each of those four because we think well these are relevant for all of us and then hopefully you can also do your own personal care and create a bit like Helen and I have done depending on what were those relationship priorities for you so for example if you care about your relationship with work being one that gives you lots of skills and develops you and maybe that increases your employability. One of the things that you could create is a learning plan. And we have a specific framework that we use for learning plans within Amazing If, our organisation, which is the 4E learning plan. It is a framework built on 4Es, which I will now talk through with you. So the 4Es stand for, the first one is experience. So this is about you thinking about the skill you want to develop, but almost how you can do it in your day job. The most effective learning is the learning that you achieve by doing something. And so this is a really effective way you can learn and it's often free. So think about if this skill is something you want to learn, what could you do differently in your day job to help you to do that? The second E is about experiments. I think this is the one that's quite fun. This is where you can try something out for the first time and it doesn't really matter if you fail because the objective is to learn. And you can think about, oh, what's a new way I could present, for example, or who's a, a new department that I could work with. But it's a really effective way of learning. The third E is exposure. So this is you thinking, well, if that's the thing I want to upskill myself in, who could I learn it from? Who's already an expert in that area or who's got a lot of experience in that particular skill set? And that could be someone inside your organisation. It could be you uh, getting exposed to a community outside the business, for example. 
And the fourth E is all about education. This bit might feel a bit more formal. So it, it could look like going on a course that might help you with the skill you want to develop. But it could also look like something you could read or watch or listen to. The main point really with the education bit is to get creative and sort of curate your own curriculum from lots of different resources and try not to make them all dependent on someone giving you budget because that just creates a bit of a limit to your learning, which isn't always helpful. But if you can create your 4E learning plan, what that means is you can talk to other people about it. And if you care about upskilling and employability you've made it a bit easier for other people to help you i always think what this really helps you with is being specific so there's lots of talk at the moment about upskilling yeah you see articles about upskilling and reskilling and i always think well upskilling in what like what are those skills that's very much the kind of practical part of my brain that wants to always move from sort of like vague things and things that feel a bit abstract into something that is concrete and I think what this helps you to do is ask yourself the question well what does this look like for me and at the same time are there some skills that my organisation are prioritising that are going to be important in terms of the future of the industry or the area of expertise that I've got and am I upskilling myself in those areas as well or how important are those areas to me we often talk about that coaching question what do I want to be true in 12 months time that isn't true today? And that's a really big zoom out coaching question. But I think you can apply that to upskilling. So almost like, well, what skills, well, you know, what improvement in my skills do I want to have made in 12 months time that I don't have today? Like, what do I want to be different about my skill set? Like, what would I like to be able to say about my skills in 12 months time that I couldn't say today? Just to ch- start to kind of really dive into, well, that 4E plan is so much easier when you've got those skills, when you're starting with those skills. Whereas if you're just sort of going, I want to be better, I think that feels like a really hard thing to do. So the second area that we all pretty much care about is flexibility. I think you could say sort of slash freedom because we don't want flexibility to just be about, well, the amount of hours you work or maybe where you work, which again, flexibility conversation tends to be quite dominated you know, by working from home or how often we're all spending time together in the office because those are the things that are on people's minds at the moment so we want to kind of think bigger than that but for most of us we want to think about that have we got the flexibility and freedom in terms of the relationship with the work that we do and here we think one of the things that you can create that's really helpful is an ideas and impact table again because flexibility and freedom is very personal And also it can feel like sometimes you're asking for something quite scary. So it can feel like quite a scary conversation to have. And also we want to avoid the idea of thinking it's got to work in only one way. So here we're trying to create options with this ideas and impact table. So what you do here, create a really simple table with as many ideas as possible that you can come up with in terms of how you could achieve the changes, if it's changes in the flexibility and the freedom that you get, or maybe it's just tweaks around the edges, you know, so you might have a really big change in mind, or you might have some small changes. So the purpose of the idea is go will generate, generate those ideas, but then do the work on the impact. So what impact would that have on your work? What impact would that have on other people? So that you just show that you've thought this through and also that you've thought beyond you. Because often we're very Here, we're very focused on us and what we're hoping to achieve. And this just shows that you've started to do some of that connecting the dots that's really useful for the people that you're inevitably having conversations with about these kind of changes. So to make it really realistic, perhaps you'd like to work a nine-day fortnight. 
or perhaps you'd like to just change your kind of working pattern generally. So a nine day fortnight might be one idea about how you might do that. Working slightly different hours every day might be another idea for how you might do that. So you might have three or four of those. And then your impact could be things like, does that mean you need to work on one less project? Does that mean you need to reprioritize some of your projects? Does that mean that you won't be available for the team one day every fortnight? Then you can actually have a conversation about, does that feel like it might work? Does that feel like something I could try out? Or maybe you'd like to move to be completely home-based. Maybe during the last couple of years, you've worked that way and that feels like something that was really important to you. Maybe you want to make a big lifestyle change. And again, maybe some of the impacts are, oh, well, we need to plan our team days in advance. You know, that's the impact you doing that would have on other people. Maybe you need to consider new ways to informally connect with people because you know that that's important. And it's probably, it doesn't mean it's necessarily, you can't do that at home, but you probably need to think about new ways. You're not just going to, you know, bump into somebody while you're making a cup of tea. You know, that's not going to happen. So that might just be going, oh, well, with my team, we're going to do three 10 minute kind of quick catch up chats, which is just like a how's everyone doing chat on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 10 minutes at the start of a day. So the idea with that is that you sort of you've created something that I think helps you to have a useful conversation. And you've taken that mindset of involving rather than solving. If I go to Helen with ideas and impact, I'm not saying this is the solution. And I want to get started. I'm saying I've invested in this. This matters to me. I care about this. But also I'm really open to your extra ideas and also some impacts that I might have missed. So you're then sort of trying to co-create together. Well, it's different between, isn't it? A conversation between you and me and something that feels much more like a confrontation. Mm. You've been like, I need, I want, I expect. It's probably going to feel like quite a difficult starting point for a discussion. Whereas you're like, these are some ideas. I've thought about some impacts. I'd like to explore it with you. I'm suddenly in. I'm in that conversation. I want to talk about it. It's very, it feels very different. So the third one then that we thought lots of people would care about is progression. And we know because it's a big area that we work on in our business. And one of the things that you could create if you care about your progression within an organization is um, something we've talked about before, actually, is this idea of curiosity coffees. In principle, this is about you having discussions about your development and your career possibilities with lots of different people. But you could take this one step further by creating almost like a system to support lots of people to have curiosity coffees. And this system already exists. The hard work has been done for you. If you use Slack, there is an app called Donut, D-O-N-U-T, which will basically help match you and the other people in your team with some other people in some other parts of the business to go and have some curious coffee conversations so it sort of does the hard work of the matching for you on the Nesta website it talks about this a little bit as well we'll we'll put the links to this in the um in the pod sheet for you so you can find them but there's a spreadsheet solution if you don't use slack or you don't use donut you can do it with a spreadsheet i mean you can create it yourself with some two columns on a spreadsheet of names one and names two so that's the other way that you can do it as well but you can create that for people so that you know lots of people could discover you know different ways they could develop in the organization through having these curiosity coffees so it's not it's not just about you it's about other people too or an alternative idea could be to set up some squiggly career swaps so you know lots of people care about their progression maybe what you could do is propose that 
let's say over a month, half a day a week, you're going to do a squiggly career swap with someone else in the business. You're going to move into operations. They're going to move into finance for half a day a week. You're both going to see how you can stretch your skills, learn some more about that area of the business, come back to your roles in their normal way a month later, share what you've learned, you know, what you know, and also maybe think about some different things you might like to do with your development. And that kind of proposal could be really helpful for you to think a bit more broadly about your progression possibilities and it would help someone else as well. And then the final area I think we all care about now from the work that we do is that sense of meaning and purpose and this doesn't have to mean we all feel like we're saving the world all day every day but I do think we all want to feel like we've got a sense of connection and that the work that we do makes a difference so that when you get to the end of your week your time at work feels well spent and worth it. So what can you create if you're like looking for more purpose from your relationship with work? Well, both Helen and I were talking about this and we have both done this before and that is create internal communities around what you care about. So rather maybe starting with this massive zoomed out idea of purpose or maybe even your organisation's purpose, which can feel quite far away from your day to day, just ask yourself, what are the things that you really care about? Is it certain projects or certain types of work? It might be very connected to your day job. It might be slightly to the side. You know, we've always cared about career development. And for a long time, it wasn't anywhere near really our day jobs. But we found ways to create internal communities around career development. And that internal community could be two people. I was thinking back to one of the times when I was working at Sainsbury's, myself and one other person who was in the same function as me, we spent probably less than 10% of our time on like extra ideas for career development for the function that we were both part of. And we essentially came together in sort of a community of two to just make some things happen. And initially it was in a very low key, very much experimenting sort of way. But it was what was really interesting is how that was less than 10% of my time, but the impact of that was really high on my relationship with the work that I was doing. So it sort of was high impact and actually quite low time investment because I'd sort of found someone else who had that shared sense of something that I cared about. They cared about that too. So I think the the reason that communities are so valuable here is, you know, like you've got something in common. You find some other people where you have that kind of shared sense of purpose, but this doesn't have to be a really big group. This could be, as to my example, this was a couple of people initially, and that did grow over time, but it did only take two of us to get started. So we hope that has given you a few different ideas about how you can take the things that you care about, the things that you might want more from, from your work, and then take some action, create some things that can move it forward. And it's really the foundation for how you create that relationship reciprocity, which builds better relationships with your work. And if you'd like to listen to a couple of other podcasts about your relationship with work, and maybe this is something you want to dive a bit deeper into, we did an episode on blurred boundaries that was 121 and work-life fit, which was 227. So if you really feel like your relationship with work is not where you want it to be, hopefully today has definitely got you started. But if you kind of go, I need to go even further, they're the next two episodes that we would recommend if you're just thinking, I need to spend more time on this because this getting a bit more confidence and clarity about my relationship with work feels really important for me right now and we'll put the links to that in both the show notes which you can generally find on apple if that's where you're listening uh, but also we'll put it in the pod sheet and the pod sheet is on amazingif.com and new news everybody we have made it easier to sign up for Podmail, which is the weekly email that we send out which has like everything in there it's the easiest way of getting hold of everything 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Every week, the podcast, all the downloads, and you can just go to amazingif.com and it's the podcast page and you'll just be able to put your email in and then you'll get that every week. So hopefully we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you to learn the things that you need to to help you with your squiggly career. So thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now. Bye everyone.